You're listening to the Garden City Church Podcast. We just want to say thanks so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy what you hear today, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. If you want to support what Garden City is doing, you can go to GardenCityNW.com slash give or click on give in the show notes. Let's dive into this week's message together. There are so many ways to say I love you. There's intentional ways. Sometimes there's unintentional or it just kind of happens, but there's a spirit of love. Sometimes it's collective. Sometimes it's individual, but it's all tangible. It's real. Um, It could be a coffee with somebody. It could be a lunch with somebody. It could be a moment, a word of encouragement or forgiveness. It could be helping a neighbor with a project. This summer, we want to turn up the volume of love in our lives as a church. And I want to talk with, with you about three pictures that the scriptures give us on how we can love people in our lives. Yeah. The first is in Luke chapter 22, starting in verse 24. It says this, an argument broke out among the disciples over which one of them should be regarded as the greatest. They were fighting over who should be the greatest, who should be the real leader. <laughs> but Jesus said to them, hey guys, the kings of the Gentiles rule over their subjects and those in authority over them are called uh, friends of the people. But that's not the way it will be with you. Like the world has a way of fighting for power and fighting you know, up the ladder and, and be, becoming great means that you kind of uh, lord it over other people and might is right. But Jesus says it's going to be different among you. Instead, the greatest among you must become like a person of lower status. And the leader comes like a servant. Look at one of the ways Jesus demonstrated this servant leadership. One of the ways he said, I love you to his disciples as a servant. In John 13, Jesus loves like this. Jesus knew the father had given everything into his hands and that he had come from God, that he was returning to God. So he got up from the table and took off his robes, his outer robes, um, picking up a linen towel, he tied it around his waist, and then he poured water in a wash basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. So Jesus actively demonstrates um, servant leadership by washing his disciples' feet. He takes the place of someone who's low, the lower status, the servant, and in this symbolic act, reminds them of how he wants his followers to love. How he wants his community to be remembered in their communities is to be a servant, someone who lowers himself. Someone like in this culture, washing someone else's feet meant that you are much lower than them. You're just a servant. And Jesus shows us that to, to know how to love well and to have eyes to, to creatively, intentionally, and tangibly love our world, we need to understand that we are here as servants. If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, we need to be servants who love people. Now, I want to look at how the disciples um, practice this way of serving and loving, this servant leadership, um, after Jesus was gone, after Jesus' death and resurrection. Um, In the book of Acts chapter 3, it says, Peter and John were going up to the temple at around 3 o'clock in the afternoon. This is the established prayer time. Meanwhile, a crippled 
um, man since birth was being carried in. Every day people would place him at the temple gate. No, it was known as the beautiful gate. And so he would he could ask for money from those entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he began to ask them for a gift. And Peter and John stared at him. They kind of assessed the situation. And listen to what Peter said. Look at us. So the man gazed at them, expecting to receive something from them. Peter said, I don't have any money, but I will give you what I do have. And in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, rise and walk. And then he grasped the man's hand and raised him up. At once his feet and his ankles became strong. Jumping up, he began to walk around and he entered the temple with them. Because he wasn't allowed in the temple if he was someone who had an infirmity. He entered the temple, the worshiping community, with them walking and leaping and praising God. And the people saw what happened and they praised God. Now, I don't know about you, but um, I don't just have the gift of being able to heal someone <laughs> immediately. But I, I want us to focus in on what I think is just is the, the core uh, point of this story, especially for us today. Listen to what Peter initially said. He said, I don't have any money, but I will give you what I do have. What I have on me, what I have available, I, I give. Love doesn't have to try to be somebody that it isn't. Love doesn't have to try to give something that you don't have. Love with who you are and what you have. God doesn't ask you to be anybody but you or give the gifts that you don't have. Love is simple, so keep it simple. What are ways that you can say, I love you to your world? You know, I just think of the, what are the, the things that God has given you? What are the gifts that God has given you um, that you can show love to those around you? How do you turn that up in tangible and in simple um, ways? Now, as we think about going into this season um, to turn up the volume of love in you know, very practical and tangible ways, very intentional ways. I want us to remember three years ago, it was actually March 6th, 2020, where we actually commissioned our whole church to be love going into the pandemic. You remember um, when we were going into the first lockdown and everybody was saying it was just going to be for a few weeks and then everything would get back to normal? <laughs> yeah, that didn't happen. Um and at the time, our, our leadership team thought that it actually could be a year of total disruption um, to our church's gathering. So we decided as a church that we wanted to just, hey, if we're going to be remembered for anything, we want to be remembered for how we love. And so we commissioned you as a church in your skills and your work and your gifts and your abilities um, to love people in the middle of the, something very new, very scary that we were going through in, and going into this pandemic. And it was incredible. We had, you know, we had people that were in the medical field, people who were uh, social uh, servants, people who are in business. And there was just this commitment that with our gifts and who we are, we're going to love. Even if we can't meet on Sundays uh, like, we, like we used to be able to for however long, the church hasn't stopped. The church is being love in its world. That's what Jesus wants us to do. So it was well over a year and even longer than we thought. And uh, the question I and some of the leadership felt at that time, and we felt like the Spirit really laying on our hearts, was what happens to the church when you take away her reliance on Sunday gatherings? And I think we, the, the church in North America especially, and I know globally, but especially in America that wasn't used to that, 
wasn't used to having to go through times of hardship and suffering. I think there was a lot of learning. When you take away her buildings, would the church be a, a community known for loving its neighbors, loving its city in real, tangible ways? Our last gathering before the first COVID lockdown, and on that day, we actually looked at the beauty of the early church and looked at some, um, maybe some pictures that from history, from the ancient church, um, to help inspire us to be love. <clears throat> and then we commissioned the whole church to, to follow that way into the unknown. And it was amazing to see how our people faced, how you faced such times as those with faith, hope, and love. I, I, even now, this, this grounds me in remembering the love of the early church. Listen to this. Instead of escaping the ugly realities of their time, the Christians embraced them. By doing willingly what the pagan, non-believing uh, believers diligently avoided, they both neutralized and in some measure overcame the forces that threatened them. Christians visited the sick. Christians comforted the widow and the orphan. Christians redeemed the disgraces of starvation, sickness, and squalor by making them an opportunity for fellowship and love. You know, at the end of this series, we're going to pray for all of you, and we're going we're gonna to do that, and we're going to commission you to be love over the summer and be love the best you can to your world. And I just think people need love right now. I think this is really important. People need kindness. They need gentleness. And there isn't a better community, more positioned to love people than the community that's learning from Jesus how to love the world. You know, when summer hits, it's so easy to get too busy to slow down and and love people. But when you really think about it, love is just being intentional, intentional, intangible. And, and if we just keep it simple, we can love people in some really amazing ways. Maybe just taking someone out for coffee, maybe uh, uh, taking someone to lunch, having a conversation, having a moment of generosity, just being intentional with the people in our lives. So let's be love right where we live. How can you say, I love you to your world? Remember uh, this verse, dear friends, let's love each other because love is from God and everyone who loves is born from God and knows God. Guys, love you so much. See you next week. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments about today's message or would like to contact Garden City Church, reach out at info at gardencitynw.com or click contact in our show notes. Garden City services are made possible by your generosity. Your generosity is love in action. Have a great week and we'll see you next time.